we are grateful that you've uh, chosen to tune in this morning. Hopefully you can hear uh, all this through the speaker. We're a little bit farther away than normal, but hopefully all goes well. Um, this is a message series that we're doing uh, through the month of December leading up to Christmas, and the title of the series is You Are God's Gift to Others. Uh, throughout the series, I'll be asking you to give of yourself to others. And this year has brought about pain and suffering upon our church, upon our country, our state, our nation, and our world. God is seeking a perfect present for those who are hurting. He is choosing you as the gift to give this Christmas. Many say, I'm tired of giving due to the fact of being stepped on, talked about, or made fun of. We all need a reality check to see the pain that Jesus endured for our salvation. And I'm confident that, that what we endure pales in comparison to what he endured. In this Christmas season, every year, the world as a whole focuses upon Jesus Christ and his birth, which leads us to Easter, which was his death, burial, and resurrection. This series was drafted to allow all of us to see that we can be the gift of God. The word gift in the dic dictionary is this, a notable capacity, talent, or endowment, something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation, the act, right, or power of giving. Our text for the message is 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. It's New Living Translation I'm reading from. It says, verse 7, The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Verse 11, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. So Peter, the apostle, is writing here to the church, and he's imploring them to pay attention to these things as the world is coming to an end soon, he says then. That's been over 2,000 years ago. The world is coming to an end. We don't know the day nor the hour. Only God knows that. But Peter left them with these words to be earnest and disciplined in their prayers. The church today needs to be disciplined in our prayers, that we would pray and we would take time to consider the things of God, that we would listen and be obedient to his voice. But Peter didn't stop there where it was just prayers. I love a praying church. I love the fact that we as a church are a praying church. But Peter said, more, most important of all, continue to show deep love for one another. So it's not about a church just being a place of prayer. And Jesus did say that, that his house, his church would be called a house of prayer. But Peter says, continue to show deep love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. 
And if there's anything that the church needs to be known for today in our world, yes, we can pray. And prayer does change things. I promise you that. So if you're in need of prayers, know we're here for you. We would love to pray for you. But most important, we would rather show our love for you in actions. And that's what Peter is urging the church to do. So God allows us to have a free will, even after becoming saved. When we're saved by his grace, through faith, not of works, lest any man would boast, it says in Galatians. We're not saved because we work for it. We're saved because God's grace gives us that ability. But we still have a free will as Christians. And this is why the Apostle Peter is urging the church to use their gifts to serve one another because the church has a free will. Individuals in the church has a free will to either use their gifts or set on their gifts. And I'm urging you through this message series to use your gifts. We talked about that last week. And I'm sure that most of us from time to time choose to not use the gift that God's given us. And when we do this, others are affected. They miss our gift, even if our gift was only our presence. Not present under the tree, but our presence being there for them. Last week we talked about using our gifts to serve others. This week I want to talk about would they tell or can they tell if your gift is not there? If God has chosen you as a gift, as we're saying in this message series, and he's placed you under the tree, and you're deciding, I don't want to be under the tree, would that person that needs a gift this season know if you're not there? I thank God for the things like Project Merry Christmas that Leslie spoke about a minute ago and how that all the churches in our county joined together in unified action to make a difference in people's lives. And people are hurting this season, this Christmas season. And this is a method that we use as a church to join together annually. And it's called Project Merry Christmas. They've done it for years. Pastor Lyle uh, Parker out to Clarksburg done an awesome job putting a video out a few days ago challenging people to get involved this year because the need is greater than ever before. Over 900 and some people are needing a gift under the tree this year. Parents needing gifts for their kids that does not have a gift to put under the tree because of hardships, whether unemployment or loss of a job or all the issues that are going on. We can be who Peter's challenging us to be. We can give of what we have in abundance to help those that are in need. They will know, those kids that are in our community that has a parent that maybe lost a job and unemployment isn't coming through for them and the system's messed up. If they don't have a present under the tree, I assure you, those kids will know there's not a present there. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you don't have but just a few dollars to give, I promise you, it'll make a difference. If you want to run and get a gift for a little small boy and girl and drop it off out at Clarksburg to help them assemble all those things, Clarksburg Church, you can do that this week. I think Pastor Kyle Law said he was going to be there Monday uh, this week all day long. So uh, check their Facebook page and look at that and get a gift and drop off there because it will make a difference in some kid's life. So can they tell, can a person really tell if you was to be their gift this year and you didn't show up? I believe yes. The Bible says in Romans chapter 11, verse 29, that the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. 
or he, he will not take them back. He will not pull a gift from you. But he lets his gift that he gives to you remain. But he does give you a free will to choose whether you're going to use that and be the gift or not. It's your decision to make. And a lot of people say, well, how can I know I'm called of God or how do I know my gift from God? And I thought a lot about that. I've been asking a, an individual uh, continuously here lately, what are you called to do? What are you called to do? It's a person of our church. I'm not going to call them out. What are you called to do? But I know I was talking to one individual, but really it's me talking to the whole church and saying, what are you called to do? What if each of us would decide today that I want to know my calling of God and be steadfast that I would know that I know that I know that this is what God has called me to do? I watch every year as kids graduate high school that they go through this process of having to figure out, am I going to go to work and get a job, or am I going to go to college, and, or am I going to go to just get an associate degree at a, at a local community college, and all these decisions have to be made, and it pla it's placed upon them on a certain time every year when they graduate high school, and I watch the weight of that on their shoulders, on their mind, and how they worry about what should I do, what am I supposed to do? And what if we chose, had to choose today to decide, I really want to go after God and know his gifting and calling in my life? What if it was that urgent that it needs to be decided now? So I went back through the Bible and looked at a few different people that was called by God. And I thought about these individuals when I think about giftings and callings, and I, I, these are the ones that popped in my mind, three of them. First being David, King David. He was a, a ruddy, red-headed uh, child out watching his father's sheep and wasn't even really invited to be part of the family a lot of the times. He was out, uh, an outcast of his group, his family. But David was out there, and he was doing the things he was supposed to do, and he learned a lot of valuable lessons while he was out there in the field. Yes, but how was he anointed, and how was he called? Did God do it out in the uh, wilderness where nobody saw? No, he didn't do that. God chose to bring King David in, even though he's a little child, bring him into his family's presence, and Samuel the prophet being there, and you can read about this in 1 Samuel 16, it's a great story. Samuel prophet, the prophet comes in and says, Jesse, somebody in your household is going to be king, and I'm here to anoint them today. And wouldn't you know, Jesse put every other son he had in front of Samuel, and Samuel said, no, it's not that one. No, it's not that one. No, it's not that one. And they got all the way to the end to the last one. He said, oh, yeah, I got that other one that's out in the field. Jesse said, bring him in. And when he came in, Samuel said, that's him. And he anointed him with oil. He poured oil over his head and he anointed him in front of his whole family. And that happens that God calls us in front of others sometimes. But does he always do it that way? No. Jeremiah was a prophet, and he was called before he was in his mother's womb, is what it says in Scripture. In James 1, 5, God told him, said, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb, and I called you to be a prophet. So today, as we think about that, that sometimes God calls us in destiny even before we're born. I think he knows the uh, foundations of the world before he ever created it. But he told Jeremiah that, that you've been called a long, long time. 
another group of people or these brothers that were together, and they was out working one day. They was on their boat with their dad, and they were out here, and they were fishing, and they were doing what they were supposed to be doing according to the family tradition of their nation. They, they had, its occupation was fishing, and they was out there doing this. But Jesus comes walking by, and he tells James and John, come out of the boat, come follow me. I'm calling you to be one of my disciples. This was done in front of his family again. But it was while they were working. So God can call you, no matter if you're in a place of work, no matter if you're coming to a church. Some people's got all these things that thinks, I have to do it this way. God, and I wrote this down, God is a God of diversity. He doesn't call all of us the same way. He is not a cookie-cutter God. All of us are not designed the same way. We don't have all the same outer edges. God creates unique individuals in his kingdom to do his work, and he gifts and calls all of us according to what his plan is for our individual lives, for his purpose. He's not a cookie-cutter. You may think, well, it didn't happen for me like it did so-and-so. Or you may look at somebody else and say, well, I want to be called like them. It's not God's plan. Do it the way he wants. So if you're at work today, maybe you're walk, watching on lunchtime or break time. God can call you right where you're sitting. He did James and John. Maybe it be like King David that you feel like you're the outcast of your family, that nobody really cares about you. God can use you in the wilderness, but he will call you, and they will know that you're gifted and called by God. He can do it whatever way he wishes. We have to use our decision to say, God, whatever your will is, that's how I want to do it. Not my will, but yours. Another thing that I want to talk about this morning, yes, he does gift and call us, and it's without repentance. God does not take them back. But relationships is something that I believe that we need to have in the kingdom of God. That's why Peter wrote about it here, to have our love for one another to be shown in actions because it will cover a multitude of sins. It's about relationships. Peter didn't just urge the church to everybody go in your own house and pray in a corner and never come out and never do anything. He said, open up your homes. Be a blessing to somebody. He said, uh, show love to everybody you come in contact with so that your love can cover a multitude of sins. We need to be that to our community. We need to be that to the people that are hurting in our midst today. God is ever-present with us, absolutely. He is always there. Relationships is about uh, being around someone or communicating with them. Sometimes you can have relationships today that are virtual. They're far-reaching. We can have relationships with our missionaries that are around the world this morning spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's beautiful. A few weeks ago, one of our missionaries done a Zoom call and Zoomed in to a lot of people of our church. And they spoke, and we had coffee together, Zooming from everybody's home, united in one purpose of hearing from our missionaries and hearing the things that God was doing in their life. How beautiful is that? We was building relationships, distance apart, but yet communication was happening. How many of us today could really use the things God's given us as tools and resources to better his kingdom. I believe we can do, better do a better job at that. God is ever present with you. So you can't say I need to build a relationship with God. And I've got to go find him wherever he's at. 
You don't have to attend a church service to meet God. Wherever you're sitting this morning, I promise you, he's sitting right there beside of you. He is an omnipresent God. He is everywhere you've ever been. He is every place you'll ever be. You will never run away from him. You'll never hide from him. He is there. So you don't have to look for him. He's already looking for you, and he's staying right beside of you. And there's enough of him to go around. You don't have to worry about, well, he's going to leave me and go over with them. He likes them better. No, he's right there with you. But the deal is, are we communicating with him? Just because somebody's with you does not mean, or they're close to you in proximity, doesn't mean you have a relationship with them. I know people that are hurting in marriages, and I've heard people talking about that how that as they're hurting in their marriages, yes, they still live together, but they sleep in different beds. There's distance between them. That a husband and wife are still living in the home for the betterment of their kids, but they don't really come together, and they don't really talk, and they don't communicate at all. We can be close to somebody, but yet so far away. And sometimes we do that to God. He is right there with us, but we just block him off and say, no, I'm not communicating with you. Relationship is about communication. And God is asking us this morning the same way Peter asked the church, yes, fervently pray. Other places Jesus told us some things comes about only by fasting. And he also quoted the scripture a lot, Jesus did. So if we want to be Christ-like and we want a relationship with God, we need to do what Jesus did. He went in the mountain to pray, he fasted, and he read scripture because when the enemy come to him to try to try him and test him, the enemy tests him, not God. God does not test you. He does not try you. We're not tempted by God. We're tempted by Satan himself. I want to say that. Don't blame God when we're tempted. Scripture says we're tempted and drawn away when we're lusting about things. But know this, as God is there and you're praying and you're fasting and you're reading his word, his word will bubble up on the inside of you the same way it did for Jesus. When the devil was there and said, do this, won't the angels catch you? Jesus said, yes, but it is written. <laughs> what if we would use the word of God against the devil in our life? What if we would use it as our means to help us communicate and be in a better relationship with God? Read his word. It's super important. He has always I promise you this. He has always spoken through his written word. This Bible that we have. We ought to count it a blessing because there's people around the world today we know through our missionaries, and not every language on the planet today has a Bible in writing that they can pick up a book that has writing on pages that they can understand in their language. Not every language is met today. There's still work to be done for the church of Jesus Christ. I'm glad that I've got a Bible in English, in plain English, that I can understand. Whether it's New Living, New English, New whatever version, I'm good with it as long as it's the Word of God. He's not changing. We're not changing it. We're making it in a language where you can understand it. That's what God wants. He wants a relationship with you through His Word. He will speak to you through His Word. I promise you, if you devote yourself to reading His Word, you'll hear His still small voice speaking to you, specifically to you. There will be a verse that will leap off of the page, and you'll know, wow, God is saying that to me. Don't make it hard to hear from God. This is one thing I know as a pastor, and I've seen as a pastor, is that a lot of people make hearing God a hard thing. 
And I promise you this, he wants to talk to you more than you want to talk to him. He wants to speak to you more than you want to speak to him. Don't make it harder than it's supposed to be. He's not hiding. He's not playing hide-and-go-seek with you. He's right there. Begin to speak with him. Begin to talk to him, and you'll hear his voice. But the problem with us not hearing, a lot of times what I've found to be true, is that the problem is not that he is not speaking, or he is not wanting us to read his word or hear through his word, but it's that we've got so much noise going in on in our life that we're so busy and our life is so complex because of all the things that we throw ourselves into that we can't hear him because the busyness of the noise in the background blurs out the voice that's supposed to be there. It's just like going down the road, listening to a radio station, and sometimes you're in range of it, and maybe it's 104.9 WKKS. That's a shout-out to Dennis Brown. And we're listening to it, and as you're going down the road and you get farther and farther away from it, you get to a certain point in the distance where the ta- voice or that tower can't reach you it begins to blur out and you'll hear other radio stations begin to take over and those noise that noise in the background noise will take over and eventually you won't be able to hear the radio station you're dialed into because you're too far from the tower that's the way God's voice is if we get so far away that we can't hear him and other things muffled out we can't hear what he's saying because there's too much going on so I'm asking you this season Put the busyness down. It's it's less busy this year. I can assure you that. I drive to Ashland every day, and I'm not seeing the Ashland Mall as full as normally I would during this season. Things are less busy this year. Maybe God, maybe God, just maybe, might be slowing us down in 2020 so we can hear him, so we can listen, so we can be in relationship with him. And I wrote this down that sometimes when we're in relationship with people, how do you like talking to someone that never allows you to speak? That every time you talk to them, maybe you call them on the phone and they'll talk for 30 minutes straight and they don't give you two seconds to say anything back. You're going to do that a few times, but eventually they're just going to be like, I don't know. Right? I, I, I want a chance to talk back too. But that's how we come to God a lot of times in our prayer, and we make this Christmas wish list that God bless my family, God bless my home, God bless my job, God bless my this, and God help me to do this, and God help me to be a better person, God do just telling him everything we want, but we don't give him five seconds to actually speak. Part of prayer is listening. It's an act that we need to learn as a church to take a moment of silence and sit back and say, God, I'm tired of asking you for everything. I'm now going to give you a moment to speak. And I promise you, the second you become quiet and you close out all the noise of your life and you separate yourself and make a solemn place where that you can hear God, you're going to hear his voice in a greater way than you ever have. Don't be too busy that you can't hear him. Give him a chance to speak. I promise you he will. I want to end this message today with this story. This is a story about uh, a missing puzzle piece. A dear saint of a church lost her husband after extended illness. The pastor and wife went over to the widow's house weekly and ate supper and helped the widow put together a thousand-piece puzzle. This was a way of just interacting with 
the saint. Week by week, you could see more clearly what the picture was to become. When the group could tell that the next week's dinner would allow for the final pieces to be put together, anticipation was exuberant. The last dinner was eaten, and the three took to the table to put the last 50 or so pieces together. The pastor held one final piece in his hand with the two empty spots left in the puzzle. The three frantically looked all over the table, floor, and the house to find the missing piece. It was nowhere to be found, missing forever. It is not known if the puzzle manufacturer put together 999 pieces in the box as a mean trick or that the missing piece grew legs and walked away from her 999 friends. The pastor was not about to let the widow have an incomplete puzzle. So he cut a piece of cardboard and finished the puzzle. The widow framed the puzzle as a memorial of her time of mourning the loss of her missing husband. The moral of the story is don't be the missing piece of God's puzzle. He made you a unique you and has a place specifically in mind for you. Connected to others who complete your outer edges. The Bridge Church is searching for missing pieces of our puzzle. Your gifting and callings are necessary and are needed to carry out the Bridge's mission in our future. Find your place to be connected here. This story is not a story that's in some fairy tale book somewhere. This story is a true story of our church. So Leslie put up on the screen. This is my post on March 29th, 2012. This lady's house, a widow of our church. And Leslie and I went to her house for, it was a long time, week by week by week, get food, take, eat, be pastors. Love her through her pain. And we completed that puzzle. And now that I look back at that and I remember that pu this puzzle for this message, and as I remember back, I can't point you to the place where that missing piece was. It's been eight years since we've done that puzzle. And she did frame it and she hung it on her wall. But I bet you one thing, that widow knows exactly where that missing piece was. And I had to call her in. I cut a piece of cardboard and I cut it out to fit right down in the slot where that missing piece was. You can't tell it in the picture. But there was a missing piece there. I wasn't allowed that I wasn't about to let that be normal or to be missing for her to always look at a missing piece. I promise you this. You are a piece of God's puzzle in the kingdom of God. And he has a place for every one of us. It don't matter what color your skin is. It don't matter what ethnic background you are. It don't matter what anything about you as far as what makes you an individual does not separate you from his kingdom. We all have a part and a place in his kingdom. And during this Christmas season, I wonder if you think, man, would I even be missed if I'm not part of the church? I promise you, you are. I've seen people come to our church, get saved, be in ministry, do works, do the works of the gospel, and then somehow they're gone. There's a missing piece. 
in my world for them people not being here with us anymore. What are we going to do to make sure that we're in our place? Because bad times happen to all people, I promise you. Even Christians face a lot of a lot of situations that they don't want to face. And during bad times, you're being molded and God has got his hands on your life. And during heat, when the heat is on, that's when he's molding the most. When hard times, you're facing hard times, know this, that God's hands are closer to you than they are when he's just there most of the time. During the refiner's fire is when gold is purged and dross is worked out. If you've ever done that, I've sweated copper in my job as a plumber. And I know this, when I put lead in a pot and I put enough heat on it, once it gets hot enough, all the junk of the lead comes to the top and you scrape that off to get to the pure lead. And when the heat is on on your life, and during this troubled situation that we find ourselves in known as COVID-19, God has had his hand on our life. We don't need to walk away because it's hard. We need to stay steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the word of truth. Virtually. What about this? This is not easy for me. I don't like speaking to a camera, but it's what God's got me doing. No, it's hard, and yes, the internet messes up, and we've got to go back and get back on, and everything else that happens, it's okay. I'm glad that God gives us the ability to still have church when we couldn't have church in person. He still makes a way where there seems to be no way. And the Bridge Church sees this as an, a, a situation that allows us to talk to people that normally we don't talk to when we shut ourselves up to four walls, and we come in here and have churches on Sunday morning. We didn't go live. I thank God that Joe Don has come to us within the last year. And she would always go live. Help the church be seen outside of our four walls. That we've been hiding inside of here having good services ourselves. A lot of people come to know Jesus here. We baptize dozens of people every year. But if we're just hiding behind the walls, who knows about it? God's opened up the doors to say, here, let the whole community see what I'm doing through you. So we're making preparations to be a better church and that even when we come back to be a church in person during our services that we're going to continue to have virtual church for those that I've seen Miss Hazel Lyles down there that's in the nursing home this morning was dialed in a minute ago watching this church service live. We love you. We cherish you. And we're glad that we're able to meet you right there where you're at. God is using this bad situation to bring about good. If we could only see it. We are God's gifts to others. And he's using us. Here's the altar call that I want to speak about. People in our community are hurting physically. Or even virtually because loss of separation that they can't be around people. I know homes that are on quarantine. And I talk to people that say, I've never seen this coming and I don't know how to deal with being stuck in the house by myself all alone. I urge you as Apostle Peter to use your gift, whether it be virtually. Maybe you can't leave your home right now that you are quarantined, but maybe God's given you a minute where that you can get on your phone and get on Facebook and live call somebody 
You can do, do something. Don't do nothing. And that's what I want to ask you to do today. Because I promise you this, if your gift is not under the tree, that you are the gift to others, and you choose I don't want to be under the tree, you'll be missed. You'll be missed to that person that doesn't have it a present. Sometimes it's work when we choose to do God's work. Sometimes it's taxing. It'll, it'll wear you out. The gospel and the, and, the, and, and the church, when you use your gifts, you'll get tired. The apostle said, don't grow weary in well-doing. You'll reap if you faint not. Keep doing good, people. Keep doing good. I want to shout out to Kenny and Megan Kegley for the Rayland Project and all they done last night for our community. It wasn't easy, and she chose to do that. She was telling me about it a year, over a year ago, that she wanted to put on this thing with a Christmas tree event, and she had all these ideas and all these things. And sometimes people look at Megan and say, wow, you you got big dreams, girl. I, I don't know if you can pull that off. The devil is a liar. Megan pulled it off last night. And Kenny, I know you helped her too, and you don't get much of the glory, so shout out to Kenny too. But they chose to use their gift be a lot for Christ during this Christmas season and their project that they have is a railing project because they lost their baby daughter during birth and they're doing this in her honor but they're bringing about good from it and Megan's one of the best people I know that has compassion and mercy and grace for those that are suffering and I've seen it firsthand of families and I've had to do the funeral of, of infants that were born stillborn. I know the pain that's there. I've seen it firsthand. And Megan is, has a ministry to doing this. And it's, she's got it listed as the Raylan Project, but it's the Raylan Ministry is what it is. To help those that are hurting. And I'm asking you, go bid on those trees on her website. My mom and my aunt made one. And there's a beautiful one. from. They done it on behalf of our church. And our church helped pay the initial fee and all that. And there's the bridge church one on there. Go bid big on it. Bid big on any of them. All the money and proceeds will go to help Megan in this project of honoring Raylan and doing the work of the kingdom. Go bid during this season. It'll be over with at 5 p.m. tonight. So on our website, we'll share it on our church's Facebook page so that you can get there and make sure that there's a path for you to get to it. If you would, I would ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. I want all of us, whether if you've not come to know Jesus yet, maybe you're watching this for the first time and you haven't attended a church service in a long time, but you just tuned in today. and You know and you can sense that the Holy Spirit is nudging you and calling you to come to a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. It's very, very easy to do. Don't make it hard. All you got to do is ask Jesus to come into your life and make eternity your home and to forgive you of your sins. That you would just confess to him that he is now your Lord, your master, and your savior. He will save you right where you're at. It's that simple of a prayer. And following that, that if, if you've been a Christian for a long time or just a short time, and maybe today God's nudging you and asking you, use your gift for my kingdom. Be a blessing to somebody this season. I want you to pray this prayer with me. 
everybody out there. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins, for my faults, for my failures. Let me come into relationship with you so that I can make eternity my home and I can forever be with you. And I also ask you to show me my gift, to make it clearly known that I would do what you asked me to do and I would be a gift that you're asking me to be to others during this Christmas season. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I believe that prayer changes things. And now you're in relationship with him. And now you've prayed to be a gift and a blessing to others. And God is going to use you. Open up your heart. Hear from him. And he will speak.